Hello, you wonderful woman. Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, one of the UK's most successful love coaches, according to the Times Magazine, and author of the book, Love is Coming. It's my mission through this podcast to help single women, specifically female leaders, get powerful, soul-expanding relationships that revolutionize your growth, impact, and happiness during your time on planet Earth. Let's get straight to it. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Love Is Coming podcast. I am absolutely thrilled to have the gorgeous Sammy Wonder with us today. Sammy is a leading international relationship and dating expert who specializes in working with ambitious, high-achieving women, helping them attract lasting romantic love. As the CEO of a thriving seven-figure business, Sammy currently serves a highly engaged global clientele of over 80,000 followers across 55 countries. Her clients range from Hollywood celebrity to UK TV stars to CEOs, bankers, lawyers, doctors, renowned authors, leading entrepreneurs, and much, much more. We are very, very, very privileged to get some special time with her today. So Sammy, I'm going to ask you a question straight away that I get asked all the time. Um, I've done some research, so I have an idea of how of your answer to this question, but I think you might have some more nuggets to share with us. I would love to know how and why you became a love coach. Okay, so how and why did I become a love coach? I think I belong to that population of amazing women who have a big heart, who have so much love to give and share uh, with the world, who are smart, who are hardworking. And yet, um, in my early 20s, I found myself struggling with men and in love. And man after man would ghost on me, fizzle out on me. And it was a nightmare. And um, my career and my studies and my grades, you know, they looked completely the opposite. They were excellent. And I think there was this um, stark contrast that I was facing where I felt like, you know, I'm a good person, I'm reasonably good looking. Why is love not working out for me? And so I think that was the biggest catalyst for me in my personal life when a man I thought was the one for me. Um, and he ditched me two months um, into an intense connection and everything was going really well. Like I felt like I had found my person and we would spend so much time together and the conversation would flow, the, the chemistry was off the charts. And then he just disappeared like two months in. And today I can laugh about it. But back then it felt like um, somebody just you know punched me in the gut. Mm-hmm. And before that episode happened, I think I used to just trash men and say it's their fault and they're all losers and they're intimidated by my success and my brains and that I have opinions. But when this happened, I think it it broke me in a good way. It broke me in a way that it got me curious to see and explore and investigate like where I was contributing to my experience. And this is This can be hard because I think we women, uh, smart, successful women, we tend to go into extremes. We're either confident or we are hating and judging ourselves or we're overconfident or it's never our fault or we take so much responsibility for everything that we, you know, get let. We don't see that men too have a role to play 
in the experiences we're having with them. And I think the sweet spot is somewhere in the middle where you work on recognizing and attracting healthy men while working on yourself to become a healthy partner as well. And so, I yeah. I love that you shared that. I just wanted to just jump in there because um, the message of my new book, Love is Coming, completely resonates with that. And it's essentially, you know, we live in quite a superficial culture and world really. And I believe that we need to stop looking outside of ourselves for the partner we want to get and start looking inside of ourselves for the partner we want to be. Because I know what I used to be like, Sammy, is like, you know, why is he goes to me? Like, I was like quite an entitled little prima donna. And I wasn't looking, like you said, like at my part in the experience. And I see a lot of brilliant women who have essentially placed themselves in the victim mode of like, but it's not my fault that my love life's a mess because he keeps messing me around and I've been ghosted and he's not responded to my message. So how is that my fault? So could you speak a little bit more into that? Yeah, so I mean, I'll just um, uh, round up um, with that story. I interrupted you there. (laughs) No, all good. So it's just, I think, rounding up to the fact that, you know, this this man, this transformation got me studying romantic relationships. And I was, for the first time in my life, ready to take personal responsibility. And I think that changed everything. And I met and um, got engaged to my husband, Chris, of nine years now, um, within nine months. Wow. (laughs) We have two beautiful boys and, um, you know, we're, I'm living a life and a marriage that is better than my dreams. And um, I realized um, that I am not, I wasn't the only woman struggling. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I moved to Paris with my husband, because he got an amazing job there, and then I found myself not speaking French, (laughs) and I have a master's degree, I have a brain, and I have so much to give to the world. And then I had to, you know, ask myself, um, what can I do? What can I do to give to the world? And it was a huge career transition I made because I'm a trained economist. Um, So I dumped my career in consultancy. I was working previously for the ILO, United Nations in Geneva, Switzerland. And I said, I'm going to become a love coach for high achieving women because I'm a high achiever myself. I understand how high achievers think. Mm -hmm. I love being in control myself. I've learned to you know, manage that, navigate that, and embody my feminine in my marriage, and you know, in dating, and uh, that's when um, the idea of uh, the Sammy Wonder coaching was born, and uh, there's been no looking back ever since. So, we've um, I've been doing this for over six years now, and we've built a multi-seven figure company, and we've served. We've helped over 350 women get married and walk down the aisle, you know, so I know what I'm doing is like really living my purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's ironical that sometimes our purpose, our gift has to come through our biggest pain. So, you know, me, me lying on the ground and wondering if something's wrong with me or what is wrong with me was perhaps something that was meant to happen and to be a catalyst to bring me to where I am today. Now, in terms of uh, victimhood, and as I um, and what you were saying, Persia, about you know how women don't take enough responsibility and how it's the guy's fault, I think you know when I step back for a moment, you know sometimes it is the guy's fault. It mm-hmm. is sometimes the guy's fault, mm-hmm. and yet I wonder, you know, when we say it is somebody else's fault, you know how how does that 
you know, help us move forward? How does that empower us in any way when we blame somebody else and we, we put the power in somebody else's hands, you know, like I'm miserable because you're horrible and yeah. because you're horrible, I'm miserable. And of course we can play these blame games, but for me, the way I look at it, you're still miserable. Yeah. And I don't care who's at fault, but I want you to be happier. And if I want you to be happier, and if I want you to receive what you deserve and what we both know you deserve, then I need you to get up and take responsibility for your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe if it, if it looks like learning what healthy men look like, you know, mm -hmm. learning to recognize what an empowered masculine man will show up as in your life so that you're not left guessing and anxious and, and wondering if you're good enough. So I think it's, we can, sometimes men are at fault. Mm -hmm. And yet um, I think we're giving away too much of our emotional power um, in those situations when we blame, put the blame on someone else. And I think we should bring back our focus and our energy on, you know, what is it that I deserve and how can I attract that into my life yes and and also going back to the what's my part in it if the man's done something wrong this is what I see too much of the time and definitely what I experienced in the past I wouldn't say anything because I didn't want him to disappear and and actually what I teach with my work is it's our job to communicate our truth but before we're able to communicate it we have to do that inner work ourselves. you know the inner work is so so key so what I want to talk about now is, you know, you coach so many women who are extremely successful and it's really easy. And I know I've seen it when some women come to work with me, it's really easy to think, why on earth would you need my help on a completely superficial level? You look at them and you think you're beautiful, you're extremely talented, successful, affluent, whatever it is. And you think one could think how could you possibly struggle in love and I get I get a lot of dms about this about uh about certain women not understanding how other women like celebrities for example could possibly have a problem when it comes to love so why do you think they do I mean, because we're all human beings and I think we all share a common human experience. We all experience pain. We all experience disappointment. We all experience sadness. And um, I work with a lot of high achieving women and I can tell you that um, being good at your work doesn't necessarily imply that you feel strong enough in your inner world. You may have masculine confidence, which means you can be, you know, there are, I work with women who are very successful coaches, entrepreneurs, and, you know, they, they have a lot of masculine confidence because they're very confident in their education and their training. You know, some of them go to Ivy League, uh, but that doesn't mean that that same external confidence translates into internal confidence. And this mm -hmm. is what I teach, you know, like that feminine energy confidence is not always loud. It's not always boisterous. It's not always attention seeking. It's not always showing up in a room and being the loudest voice in the room. Room. it's about knowing that you have the strength to ask for what you want 
and to look after yourself and your welfare. And that no person in the room and no man, if you're dating and not your partner and not your husband is ever the source um, of your power. You are the source of your own power. And this internal recognition is what a lot of these women need because let's face it, you know, for a lot of us um, women, we are living in a masculine paradigm more or less, especially like if women are working in the corporate world, you know, you're supposed to just push on, force it, make it happen. And um, so I think a lot of these women are well-trained in the art of looking strong and confident on the outside, but maybe many of them feel tired on the inside. Many of them, you know, have no safe sisterhood, supportive spaces to go speak about their emotions, you know, share their vulnerabilities. And this is what we do in our programs. You know, we give these women the emotional safety, the non-judgment that they can show up, they can be amazing leaders, very successful, and yet they can feel like a mess in our programs as they figure their way out you know, what is right for me in a romantic relationship? What is the pattern here that I keep repeating? Why do I keep choosing men who make me feel horrible about myself? So just, you know, creating that safe space for these beautiful souls to come be a mess, be a hot mess, and then learn from it. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I, I love what you were touching on there about the feminine, um, the, the, the polarity between the masculine and the feminine and I know that this is something I get asked a lot, a lot about and I'd love to hear a little bit more about why it's important I know you've shared this in one of your master classes um, that that Sheryl Sandberg quote she had that book lean in and you say lean in in work lean out in love so how does that link with our the feminine and masculine energies Yes, great question. So yeah, you know, I read, I remember reading Sheryl Sandberg's, uh, Sandberg's book, Lean In, and she, uh, you know, the book is full of examples of how if women, you know, ask for that promotion, go for what they want, um, then women will be more and more successful in their corporate careers. And I have no doubt about it. And what Sheryl talks about is women channeling their empowered masculine energy more. Yeah. And that's a beautiful energy to have. Like um, I work with so many single mothers. So I just, I don't just work with celebrities and CEOs, you know, like they are part of my clientele, but I help any woman who is, you know, determined to give her love life a makeover. And we work with a lot of single mothers and, you know, the only way they can provide food on the table and look after their little children is by using their empowered masculine energy. So I'm a huge fan of empowered masculine energy and I'm not into masculine energy shaming. I mm -hmm. see a lot of, you know, coaches in the love coaching industry that go like, oh my God, you're masculine. Like, oh my God, you're so masculine. And I'm like, and... That's, that's part of being an integrated person. Like it's part of being a whole person. And um, when leaders come to me, when people, women who have channeled a lot of their dominant masculine energy in their lives, I tell them that this is amazing. And now we're going to bring you back into balance by also tapping in into your feminine. So what happens, Persia, is that women, I can speak about myself, women like me, you know, who have a very solid, empowered masculine. Um, it, it serves us in our career. 
So we lean in and it serves us in our careers. But if we bring the same energy into our marriages, or if we bring the same energy to our men, if we bring the same energy into dating, then this is counterproductive. And this is counterproductive because number one, if you're single, you're going to attract, according to polarity, you're going to attract the opposite energy man. So you're going to attract men who are more dominant in their feminine. So if you lead with your masculine, you call, you text, you chase, you pursue the connection, you're going to attract men who are going to love that. They're going to love that you chase and they're going to love that you're doing all the work. Um, and they're going to be more in their feminine. Now, this is not a judgment. This is this works for some people. And that's awesome. I will applaud everybody who's happy in love. It didn't work for me. And it doesn't work for the majority of the women I work with. Because what I have noticed now in my years of experience is that women get resentful after a point and they, they ask, why do I have to do all the work? Why do you never do the work? And if I don't do anything, nothing happens, Sammy, right? And uh, the men are like, but hey, this was always the agreement. So why are, we, why are we now suddenly confused? This is how we started. This was the silent agreement. That's the energetic exchange between us. So why are you suddenly angry, you know? And... Um, the second drawback and the second reason why this is counterproductive is because if you do attract empowered masculine men or they are in your sphere, you'll push them away because they're not looking for a man in a woman's body. They're not looking to experience masculine energy in a woman. They have enough of that and they're looking for the opposite polar opposite energy and so it's counterproductive at every level because um, you attract men who are projects who want you to give do chase pursue then the good guys you push away and at the end of the day you feel tired exhausted burnt out and you're like what am i doing here mm. i want somebody to nurture me i want somebody to cherish me and that's why I found that feminine energy embodiment was a game changer for me. And um, it helped me attract a really empowered, loving, giving man as my husband. And so even though I am a CEO today and, you know, I, I manage a team of um, women from across the world to, you know, help me support my mission. Um, at the end of the day, I get to be the girl in the house. I get to be the woman in the house and I get to be nurtured by my marriage versus do everything during the day and then go back and do everything in my relationship as well. Mm -hmm. And um, this is the experience I'm so passionate about other, you know, smart, successful women having where, you know, we can lean in into our careers, but in our love lives and our relationships, we're giving ourselves the permission to lean back and somebody else sort of lead the show so that we can relax, put our feet up, um, get a massage and drink a tea. Or champagne. Yeah. <laughs> and or both. Um, I love that. Okay. So I love that you gave some really concrete examples in like in the dating context of what leaning in in romance looks like and why that's not the best thing. So for example, chasing the guy, constantly texting him, um, you know, calling him, arranging dates, for example. What would leaning out in love look like on in both a dating context, but also inside of a relationship a longer term relationship perhaps 
Yeah, so what we see with our clients, so we support our clients in Elevate, which is our six months life coaching container. And that's where we do the deep work, because I think um, when I will give you examples of what leaning in in a marriage looks like, um, most women will give the feedback that is so hard to shift. It is so hard to shift this because we're working at undoing programming that has existed for years, right? Like we're so used to being in control. We have such a hard time being vulnerable. So just giving that as a caveat that some of this might feel simple at the forefront, but it actually might be hard to, might take time to turn around. It's like turning around an ocean liner, mm -hmm. yeah? So um, I think leaning in in the relationship can firstly look like, you know, being coming from a place of control. Uh, controlling your man. So I think a lot of women think it's love to constantly check on your man, to constantly ask him, where are you? When are you coming back? Where are you? When are you coming back? Um, but it actually shows um, a lack of trust. Um, and it's it's usually coming from a deep fear, you know, of, oh my God, if I don't know what he's doing, then he might end up doing something that is not good. So, you know, I've had clients tell me that they were worried if their guy was visiting their ex or out hanging with beautiful girlfriends. And so they felt this constant need to keep a tab and, you know, keep, 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 keep him in check. And that's actually, um, it's control and it's fearful and it's uh, lacking trust in the masculine. Like the masculine likes to be trusted. So that's just one example. And again, as I said, it sounds simple on the surface, but when you will ask a woman to release this behavior, she will have to sit with some really difficult emotions because then she will feel vulnerable. You see, we don't go out controlling because it's fun to control. We control because we believe there is a purpose to that control. And we believe there is somehow some benefit we're getting from controlling and somehow it makes us feel safer when we control. And so if I asked someone to stop controlling, they're going to feel vulnerable and they're going to have to face their fears and they're going to have to lick their wounds and they would have to sit with that. And it's going to make them feel perhaps unsafe, perhaps very vulnerable. And that is where, you know, a relationship, a marriage starts to shift because it is when we are vulnerable, we are vulnerable in love and we have to stop fighting it. We are vulnerable in love and we have to stop fighting it. And if you know, we resist that vulnerability and we try to control, that's when, um, you know, men slip away even more. That's how I like to explain it. Like you, you think holding on hard by control is gonna keep your marriage safe, but it's actually then when the man slips away. So a metaphor, like I like to think of is like, if you have sand in your hand and you hold it really tightly, that's when it's gonna start slipping all away. But if you just leave it like there, like that, and you trust it's going to stay, it's going to stay. And that's what men are like. You know, the tightly, the more tightly you hold on, the faster they slip. And the more you trust, relax, surrender, it's, there's no effort needed to make him stay. He's going to stay and he's going to stay out of his own choice. Mm -hmm. Now, that's so much so about leaning in in marriage. And that's just one example. But I think there's so many examples of what masculine looks like. It can look like being um, a critical partner. It can be look like mothering. I talk a lot about mothering men, you know, when it looks like overgiving. So sometimes, you know, we overgive to 
um, make because it makes us feel like if we overgave to our men, they're going to feel our love and then they will not leave. Um, but overgiving is um, a total dicky stand up killer. Like the dicky doesn't stand if a woman is overgiving. <laughs> So, yeah, these are all things, you know, <laughs> we teach our clients because um, I think uh, my clients are so often women like me, you know, we have big hearts and we have so much love to give. And um, a lot of us have totally, you know, we have bad role models. Like I saw my mom give, 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 give to dad. And somehow she just kept giving because that made her feel in control and made her feel safe. But she never took a step back to see, is it working? Like I'm over giving, but is it working? So yeah, those are just a couple of examples of what leaning in in your marriage looks like. And they're big topics, so I could talk about them for hours. <laughs> mm, you know what? I'm going to make uh, have a confession with you, make a confession to you, Sammy. So I've definitely mastered the, uh, like, I don't have fear that my fiance Joe uh, is going to leave. And, and so I've given him total freedom. Like he will go off and travel. I will go off and travel. We, we have really... Um, independent lives but also we come together and that's great he's always the one that calls me first he you know is so generous with gifts and cooking and doing all sorts of things my issue is I guess it's not mothering from a place of overgiving it's because I have OCD and I'm a control freak and so like for me it's like the house like I want it immaculate he is the messiest person I've ever met in my entire life and so it's really difficult to not be critical and something I see with a lot of women and this is a really big one and I think it we often will do it without even realizing we're doing it is publicly shaming our partner in front of other people making a little dig rolling our eyes mimicking them all of these other things that can really ship away and, the, and these are these are often from the women who I know who are very strong powerful women in their own right so they, you can see in the, in the romantic dynamic, they have more power than the man and that can slip in. Essentially it's contempt. And I read somewhere once, I can't remember where, but like one of the biggest causes aside from money of um, marriage breakdowns is contempt. Is there anything you can share around that? Yeah. I mean, I have a very strict policy of uh, never um, challenging my husband in public. Um, it's something we teach inside Elevate as well, where we say, you have an issue, you have to be emotionally mature enough to wait till the guests have gone and talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so that's, that's really important. Um, and I think this contempt that you talk about, um, I call it, in my work, we talk about resentment. And this is the hidden hidden irritation, the hidden annoyance, the hidden things that you don't openly address in your relationship that still come out at inopportune moments because they're still there. Like even if you try to hide your annoyance at your man for something, and even if you are a conflict avoider and you don't talk about it, it's gonna come out at some way or the other. And how unfortunate that it comes out in a party or in front of other people, which is where I think um, it causes even more damage than the damage that would be caused if 
you know, you just let your partner know what you're resentful about, or you just, you know, had an open conversation. So I always say that, you know, it's not problems in a relationship that kill a relationship. It's unresolved problems that kill a relationship because we're all, when two people come together intimately, no matter what you see on social media, (laughs) no matter what you see on social media, when two people come together intimately, they, and if they're intelligent, they're, they're smart, they're sensitive, you know, there are going to be clashes, there are going to be disagreements. And that is where the art of intimacy comes, right? That is where you can take any situation and turn it into gold. And you can take any situation that causes you annoyance, that causes irritation, that maybe triggers you, that brings up a wound that is still unhealed. Um, And you can use that as a gift, as an invitation to go deeper with your man. And uh, that's why in my work, I say triggers are a gift. Um, And every every disagreement or every annoyance a relationship experiences if we can just perceive it as yet another invitation to go deeper with our men, yet another invitation to go deeper into love and intimacy, then uh, the outcome from these conversations and disagreements can actually bring people so much closer than they were before. Mm, I love that you shared that. You have so much wisdom, Sammy, and such so many great insights um, around the dynamics between men and women. And I really love your approach that this is what can seem like challenges or they are challenges. They don't seem like them. They absolutely are challenges, but they're actually real growth opportunities. And I found, you know, I think um, in the self-development world, we talk a lot about business as being a very big vehicle for our, our growth as a leader. But I've definitely noticed in my life that my biggest growth as a leader has actually come from my romantic relationships because of the very fact I feel I have less power in them. And so it requires me that I, you know, I know I have a lot of power, but it's because I'm having to operate out of my feminine and there is someone else in the interaction, in the dynamic, it requires more surrender, I guess, which mm-hmm. I think that high, certainly I do. And a lot of other high achieving women I know find the surrender piece really, really challenging. So before we head to the home straight questions, I know what I'm going to, I know what my listeners are going to ask me for. What could you suggest to a woman who is really successful, identifies as a leader, maybe an entrepreneur, CEO, whatever, and she is not having luck in dating and she feels that the way to deal with that is to, the solution is essentially to just go on more dating apps, go on more dates. It's a numbers game, which is something I hear a lot of (laughs) shaking her head. No. Okay. What would be your answer to that? I mean, numbers game um, is a belief system we need to challenge because then we manifest that belief, right? Like if you believe you have to kiss 200 frogs to find your prince, then you are going to end up going on 200 or more dates to find your prince. So, I mean, I just see a limiting belief straight off and I would say, no, you need to learn to recognize healthy men and you need to not waste your time on the wrong guys. And when you see a healthy man, you should have done the inner work so that when he comes in front of you, you're in ready position and you can receive what he has to offer. So, Um, that would be my response to the numbers game. I don't think dating is a numbers game. I think you can 
you can do the wrong thing and you can do it on a crowd of 1000 people and it's still not going to work because you're doing the wrong thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's so important to focus more on being a healthy partner yourself, showing up with showing up healed. I mean, healing is not something I want to talk about as a destination. It's, it's a journey. Um, but I would say that, you know, for the most part, you're somebody who's able to relax, you know, let the men lead. If they're not doing the work, you know, not making excuses for them, um, having the courage to speak your truth with love and peace. That's, that's really important. Being able to differentiate your feelings from your triggers and, you know, knowing what to say when, um, doing vulnerability in relationships, because just showing up as a soldier is not going to deepen the bond and the connection. So I think the emphasis is not on, on going on 200 dates or 2000 dates, the emphasis on, you know, being a healthy partner and doing the inner work. And when you do that, then I think the timing doesn't matter because then you know that it's it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then when the right person comes, it just happens and it can go really fast because now you've done the work and you can recognize, you know, when you meet the right person. So I think that's where women should be focusing on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of that quote, water seeks its own level. Essentially, we need to become a vibrational match for who and what it is we want to manifest in our life. It's not actually outside of ourselves. That that always shows up when we've done that inner work, as you say. I love that. Okay, so home straight questions, Sammy. These are like quick fire questions inspired oh by God. that episode of Friends where they do Ross like does that quiz. Do you remember that episode? I'm just gonna like take it slow, rapid slow round. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, right, my love. So what love life advice would you give to your 15 year old self? Don't take the boys too seriously. You're the queen. Yes, love that. Love that. See, that was a quick response. I love that. Okay. What's one thing you don't want people to know about you, Sammy? Oh, there are so many things. <laughs> Do you know what most people say to me? I'm just a bit of an open book. I don't really care. And then there's, I'm like, I don't believe you. I bet there's something. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I also share that. a lot on social media. So I'm actually thinking, what is the one thing I don't want people to know? Because I also share a lot on social media. Like, what is the one thing I don't want people to know? Right now, I don't want people to see our swimming pool because it looks like crap. And <laughs> we have to, you know, um, reno get it renovated this year. But if you saw it right now, I mean, it's a nice swimming pool, but it's like really old and it's falling apart. So we want to get it renovated. <laughs> well, I, I want you to put up a picture of that on social media. <laughs> Your filthy secret, my filthy swimming pool. Love it. <laughs> okay, so before the last question... Where can people find out more about you and your work, Sammy? Yeah, so Sammy Wonder is, is my name. If you Google it, you just have to get the spelling right because it's wonder and not wonder. And you can go to my website. You have this beautiful masterclass there on three powerful feminine energy secrets, lean in at work, lean back in love video training that you can download for free on my website. I also have um, a good Instagram presence. You can follow me at Sammy Wonder Coach, although I'm still hanging far more on Facebook. So mm -hmm. um, I also have a very engaged Facebook community, private group called Wonder Divas, where you're very welcome to join us and join the conversation with, you know, surrounded by some amazing women like yourself who are also loving talking about feminine energy, vulnerability, boundaries and more. 
Amazing. We will link those for you in the show notes. Wonderful. Okay, final question before we wrap up, Sammy. What is the number one piece of advice for the single women out there who are listening to this, particularly women who identify as high achieving or female leaders? What would your advice be to them if they haven't met their person yet and they are worried they never will? Oh my God, love is meant for you. You are here to be loved and please, 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 just like you did not give up on your career when you had some slip ups on the way, please do not allow yourself to get discouraged because you've, you know, had some slip ups on the way. Love is meant for you. You were born, born to be loved and love is why we're all here. So um, I think before you do anything else, revive that belief system and really tell yourself that you deserve love. You're here for love. And there is no way that love is not meant for you. I love that. What a perfect place to conclude. Thank you so much, Sammy. Um, that was a beautiful, potent episode. Thank you for having me, Persia. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope this episode served you and gave some practical insights and strategies around the next steps in transforming your love life from the inside out. Do come and let me know over on Instagram what resonated for you the most and why. I am at Persia Lawson. And if you want more tips and tools on how to become a vibrational match for the powerful, committed relationship that you deserve, check out my book, Love is Coming, as well as my programs and coaching containers over at persialawson.com. This website is also linked in this episode's show notes. And if you got value from this episode, I'd be so grateful if you'd like, subscribe, share, and or leave a quick review. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other women who want or need the support. And to have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. Until next time, I want you to remember that love is coming for you. But in the meantime, it's your responsibility to stop looking outside of yourself for the partner you want to get and start looking inside of yourself for the partner you want to be.